Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. Saturday afternoon to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. Uh, the first part of the show, what we attempt to do is to share with you who we are, who funds us, and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, Victory Over Sin is actually funded by Systemic Change of Idaho, which is an advocacy arm of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest Idaho's uh, unit here in the council here in the Treasure Valley. And what we attempt to do is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to come out of incarceration and to live on parole. Uh, we do that in several different ways, but one of them certainly is this radio show. We've been doing this radio show for almost three and a half years now. If you go back to the archives of KBXL or St. Vincent Paul, for that matter, and look up the past shows, you can see a tremendous amount of influence in terms of directors of the Department of Corrections, some national figures, politicians. We've actually interviewed people as they came out the first day of incarceration. Uh, we've interviewed people as they're about to head back into incarceration. Uh, also, in, in a, a full array of people who work with returning citizens, uh, we'd like to think of it's a good body of work to understand how the Department of Corrections works here in Idaho. So if you get a chance, go back and take a, into the archives and take a look at some of those shows. It might be uh, useful for you. Also, pre-COVID, what we did was we have a PowerPoint pr presentation that we will give to your church group, your business group, uh, your gathering, if you will, if you're trying to learn something about the Department of Corrections. It's about a 20-minute PowerPoint. And what it does is address what it's like to live on parole here in Idaho. Uh, the great thing about this is that it is led by a returning citizen themselves. So they present the PowerPoint and then they actually answer questions. Uh, Post-COVID, we hope that we're going to be able to do that again. And we're looking forward to that. So those are some of the things that we do from under the arm of Systemic Change of Idaho. And uh, in addition, if you've been listening to me on an ongoing basis, you know that um, we've actually had some changes in terms of our location, in terms of moving, and we now operate out of two different locations. So the people who are looking to get out of incarceration and be seen on the first day of incarceration are going to our office on Overland, and that is located at 3217 Overland Road. So we're looking for everyone who leaves incarceration to come there. We can write you a voucher for some clothes. We can link you up with resources and generally provide the information that's needed in that first couple of days as you attempt to blend back into community. Uh, we will give you more information on that, but then the second uh, piece of information we'll be handing out is as you're going forward and you've seen where you're going to live and you're attempting to uh, reintegrate back into community, you may need employment help, you may need addiction help, you may need what we call a 72-hour program, and then we will send you over to uh, our Fairview location, which is located now at 5256 West Fairview, 
and you can go in there and talk to the people there, get some support for those sorts of things. We had an open house last weekend, and it was really nice to see all of you come by and say hi, talk about what we've been doing. And the great thing about this is you get to see people and build this coalition of support for returning citizens uh, ongoing. Uh, the other last thing I'll kind of address before we get to our uh, our, our guest today is the fact that we've really updated the St. Vincent de Paul website so that it's really impressive now in terms of if you're a case manager out in the desert and you need somebody to pick somebody up, there's actually a link now on that site where you don't have to remember my um, email address. You can just go in and fill out a form and it comes to me automatically because one of the things we do on that first day is to pick up people who do not have a ride from incarceration and we'll take them through the process. Um, and so that's something that's option for you. If you're listening to me out in the desert and you don't have a ride, the standard procedure is to go to your case manager and say, hey, I need a ride. I heard this guy on the radio. His name's Mark. He said he'll pick me up. Now, there's a couple of Marks that pick us up, but I'm Mark Rennick with St. Vincent DePaul. So go to uh, your case manager and say, hey, I need a ride, and we'll be happy to do that. I'm excited about the guests. We've got somebody here that uh, I was looking forward to meeting, and I've met, and I've kind of got to hang around with a little bit, and we will be right back to introduce you to her. The Idaho Justice Project is a new statewide nonpartisan organization to improve Idaho's justice system. Idaho has the third highest rate of people under corrective control in the entire country. Idaho's jails and prison are beyond capacity, but most are there for nonviolent crimes like drug addiction or probation and parole violations. The Idaho Department of Corrections spent over $309 million in 2020. 37% of people released from prison in 2016 reoffended within three years. 62% of Idaho's yearly prison admissions are for a probation or parole violation, the highest rate in the country. The average probation term in Idaho has grown by 109% since 2000. As of June 30th, 2020, there were over 17,000 Idahoans on probation or parole. One out of every 38 adults is on probation in Idaho. For more information on how you can help and get involved with the Idaho Justice Project, go to 3217 West Overland Road, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon, and ask for Mark. Okay, we're, uh, I'm actually pleased to have Yvette Nevedo in the um, studio today. And Yvette is the statewide manager for GeoGroup. You've been hearing all sorts of stuff about GeoGroup, which we will fully explain and answer every question about GeoGroup that you have today. But why don't we start, Yvette? Thank you. First of all, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is fun. She's a pretty cool lady. She's had this job, and you're coming to us from... Texas, right? I am. Oh, yeah. I'm coming from the Texas area. Kind of been all over the place in the last eight years with the company. So, but she's making her home in Idaho now, and it's kind of cool. She's a nice lady. Uh, I've had a chance to meet her and kind of see her in a couple of different settings. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your birthplace, background, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So, my background pretty much is in community corrections. Is how I started my career. Um, actually, in Oklahoma, and I kind of worked my way through. Uh, different positions in the reentry side of the house with a focus on halfway houses and programming and directing, you know, a center specifically for those who were still um, serving time but 
in the community. And as I progressed in my career, I've um, became part of more of the model of the day reporting model, which is those who are on supervision or those who are court ordered uh, to come into a program as an alternative sentencing. And as I continue my career, I right before this position, I was with the company doing quality assurance work in the prisons across the country. So I traveled across many different states and different prisons to really ensure that we were providing quality services when it came to programming and adhering to fidelity. Yeah. And so where'd you go to school? I went to school at Oklahoma, the University of Central Oklahoma. I came out with a bachelor's degree in human services and sociology. Yeah, cool. Because mm-hmm. I, I say that because um, I'm a graduate of Putnam City High School. Yay. I'm going back to um, my high school reunion in the fall. For nice. Very, very many... Um, too many years to, to notice, but I'm going back for it. It's the first one I've ever gone back to. So I get to go back to Oklahoma, which okay, is, still. yeah, it's grown. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure it has. <laughs> um, so I think what you can do to uh, start out is to tell us about geo group and what that entity is. Absolutely. So geo group reentry services, um, you know, we deliver evidence-based programming to individuals who are nearing their transition back into the community or those who are already in community supervision um, with the main goal being that our programs are centered in around a cognitive behavioral therapy system um, with the goal of reducing recidivism and ensuring that we're addressing criminal thinking and criminal behavior because we understand that once we address those drivers, we can really ensure that we provide the skills and resources that individuals need to be successful in the community because ultimately we want people to be successful in the community that they live in. You said go go before they get out too. Are you, once this COVID is over, you're going to go inside too? Overall, as far as geo group reentry services, but our main focus here in Idaho right. is working with those on community on supervision. Outside. Right. Okay. So and that was, I know that's a part of what you do in other states, but for right now, that's that kind of leads me to what Geo is going to do with IDOC and what role do you think they're going to define the role or how, as you see it, your mandate, I guess, if you will, from the Department of Corrections to uh, and your association with them. Absolutely. So the biggest thing and the the greatest pleasure that I've had since I've been here is being part of a partnership that is moving forward, is moving the needle forward and changing how we see community supervision, how we work with returning citizens, and how we really provide quality services to those coming out or who are already out in the community. So for me and for us, what we're doing here with IDOC is supporting the vision that the director, the deputy director, and the leadership has in place. Um, It's been a progressive approach. Um, All credit goes to them for having an innovative approach to addressing reducing recidivism and really ensuring that people who are out on probation can successfully complete probation and not have to go into prison to serve the remaining of their time. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I mean, I like I, lo- I like these guys at the top, and mm-hmm. I think they're there for, for a while, uh, which is kind of nice. And I, so it's almost like, can it be said that it's another tool for my parole officer? When, when Mark's messing up, it's like, okay, well, I can't stand you in my office anymore. You need to go down and talk to these good, good people at Geo, and they're going to get you back on track. Is that uh, would that be a uh, a good way to to define it? Yeah. So it's an extension, I guess, like you said, a tool that is at the disposal of all probation and parole officers. So we are a support system. We add another um, avenue for them to to go down, so that we can ensure that 
an individual who's out on supervision has been given all the tools afforded that's afforded to them to be successful. So we really just support what IDOC is doing right now. And I think if you're if this is new to you or you're listening to me or even if you're in the system, you certainly know that it's difficult to kind of connect with your parole officer, probation officer. They've got huge caseloads. And so what this appears to be is like a tool where they can say, I can't get to you, et cetera, et cetera. But those of us who have been on parole understand we never could get to you anyway. So anyway, so now it's more of a situation where GEO can come in and kind of hopefully provide some of the services so that people don't necessarily fall through the cracks. Yeah, and so the way that we go about doing that is this all based on a referral system. So a probation and parole officer um, identifies someone on their caseload who would benefit from coming to a program such as the Connection and Intervention Station. Um, They would refer refer that individual to us and then our staff would immediately within 24 hours get in contact with them and start the process of orientating them, getting them part of engaged in the program and really setting up a schedule for them to start moving forward with programming. So like you said earlier, it's being a support system to probation and parole to ensure that we together as as a team are doing all that we can for for those who are on supervision. Okay, so I'm referred to you and I know that your the office in Boise is on Broadway near St. Luke's. So are are all of those support services up do they work out of that facility there? Is that where they work? So we have, at the current moment, we have four facilities across the state. We're right. getting ready to open up the three new facilities. Um, so we'll, we'll have a connection and intervention station in each district across the state, effective July the 6th. And when that individual comes to our office as a referral, our, like I said earlier, the main focus and what we're rooted in is cognitive behavioral therapy. So everything that we do is aligned with the evidence-based principles. So assessing the need and then ensuring that we, you know, target the right, use the the right interventions to target the risk and the need. Um, So if someone comes in to our office and there's there's a need that they may have, for example, um, housing is something that they may need, we're gonna ensure that we get them connected to those resources in the community who provide those services. We understand that without our community, we can't be as successful, our participants can't be as successful because can't do it by ourselves. So mm-hmm. being together uh, with all the individuals and all the resources who are here to wanna help people be successful is, is our duty to ensure that they're connected to those resources With, as well. In terms of the cognitive stuff, are there like settings there? Is it the same kind of program they're used to from IDOC or is it a different type of program? It's a, it's, I mean, because it seemed like, as, mm-hmm. and again, I think you know this, but I was, I spent some time in the system here and it seemed like we switched cognitive programs several times. Mm-hmm. And so is there a, a link that GEO thinks, is it, is it comparable or is it the same program that they've been through if then... Uh, within Idaho's structure? I would say it's comparable. Um, some of the the courses may be comparable, but the model itself, it's different. So this is a new, this is a, a new That's good, so idea. it won't be the same stuff. Exactly, and so part of that is creating um, that accountability component, but giving them the support and ensuring that they're developing those skills so that they can be successful, you know, rather it's coping skills or the ability to remain sober, obtain employment, um, be able to function in their community, be able to parent more effectively um, and really have a a fulfilling life um, that is that is far from being a part of the criminal justice system. Right, and I think always it had been before, let's say take for addiction, for example, it had always been 
90 means in 90 days kind of aspect. And then potentially you were okay, but nobody ever did that. And they always forged their green cards mm -hmm. and did all the stuff that they needed to do. So, but I get assigned to you, let's say, because I have having trouble staying sober uh, or straight, then is there a period of time when they're, I impress upon you that I've done that and then you're kind of released to go back to monitoring by our, I mean, you're always going to be monitored, I assume, by the PO, right? Co correct. So that, the individual is always, of course, under supervision, but they're participating in the program. Right. So when it comes to programming, um, you know, IDOC was specific. They said, hey, we do not want a cookie cutter program. We want this to be specific to the need of the individual. So when they're referred, that's exactly what we do. We conduct a risk need assessment and based off of the assessment, it allows us to understand what type of pathway that individual will, will go into, uh, what type of groups they are assessed as needing, you know, the dosage of us, and I, and I say dosage, but just the amount of time that they come in to check in with their case manager one-on-one, um, checking in to have meaningful engagement and participating in groups. It's a big thing. So it's all contingent upon that risk needs assessment because we want to ensure that we're meeting the correct needs and, and doing it effectively and with quality. And I think the thing that I've always preached, and I think you're saying the same thing, it's like all of this work, it's not so much me telling you what you need to do. It's listening to what I hear that you need and then maybe offering solutions so that you can make that change within your own heart so mm -hmm. you can go forward. And I think too often in our world, especially uh, for someone that's coming out of incarceration, we say, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to do. And really what we should be doing is listening to what they really need and then sort of spoon feeding them solutions that they figure out on their own. That's, and so it sounds like that's kind of at least that's where you're going in terms of that direction. Absolutely. It's all about enhancing that intrinsic motivation. You know, we understand and that there is something inside of everyone when it's time to change, when you want to change. And yeah. we understand that people come at different different stages of that change process. And we're not going to turn you away because you're you're saying you don't need to be in this program. Um if anything, those are the best stories at the end when they're when they're able to say, you know what, I thought I didn't have I didn't need anything in here. And then months later, it's mm -hmm. like it's an amazing story that they did the work, you know, they committed to their change and we were there to support them. I think that's the biggest thing is, is being there to support, hold them accountable to the life that they want to live, the life that they they say they want to have. Um because we all understand that change isn't easy. Yeah, it is. I just like it's the hardest thing for people to do. I know I'm constantly on the people that work with me in terms of you always attempt to. Well, I, I especially because all my people have been incarcerated. It's like you're telling people what to do, and it's not. But back away, man. Listen to what they're saying, and give them what they need right now, and then be that resource when they come back to you. But don't necessarily tell them exactly what you need to do. You alluded to the fact that um, you started out with four, and you started out with uh, Boise, uh, Idaho Falls, Twin Falls, and Coeur d'Alene, right? Correct. Okay, and so those guys are up and running. And then now, before July, we're going to uh, Lewiston, uh, Canyon County, and Pocatello. Pocatello. Pocatello, right. Yep. And I understand, um, in fact, we're tomorrow we're going over to talk to the Canyon folks, and we're trying to get closer to you still. So I understand. I, I think I have the insight on where you're going over there, and we're going to be just one real close little community there over there. Absolutely. We're, the goal is to always be uh, right next to the district office yeah. as close as possible. It makes it um, 
easier and more accessible for our participants. Um, we want to be able to provide uh, those services and have it be in a way that um, it is accessible. And as, in a sense, it's kind of a community of, of helpers and support systems in place so that they have what they need. Yep. So uh, 10 years from now, where, what will GEO be in terms of relation to um, uh, IDOC? Bigger, stronger influence taking over? You taking over everything? Or Absolutely um, not. Not taking it. We're, we're here to definitely uh, continue to support and uh, lead the the cause with IDOC. That's the that's the one thing I can um, say has been amazing since I've been here. This partner has been amazing. Everything from the top on on out. Um, it's definitely not a customer relationship. It's a partnership. Uh, there's a vision here for Idaho. Uh, we want to support that vision and help grow mm-hmm. um, whatever that comes out to be. Um, we're here to support it. I mean, ultimately, it's it's reducing recidivism and enhancing community safety um, but while giving people the opportunity to develop skills, to live a life that is meaningful. Um, I understand that, you know, change isn't a checklist it's a continuum and because it's a continuum we'll continue to be here alongside idoc to see that vision yeah i don't think you probably don't know this but i've been out for 10 years and uh josh t waltz my fourth director um and so uh, but I, I like him i think he's young enough and he's got breed Derek around him and uh, they think out of the box and uh finally we've got somebody who um enhances especially from our standpoint as a community a nonprofit, if you will, that a partnership and leaning on a uh, where they use this as a resource, and that's I think the type of thinking that Idaho needs, uh, and I'm I'm excited about that. So, bringing you along makes sense in the same kind mm-hmm. of aspect. You guys are venturing into transitional housing, which is a big issue for people who are probably mm-hmm. listening to us now, and in that you're going to be uh, the supportive model for the distribution and the oversight, I guess you would say, of transitional living homes as people come out of incarceration. Talk just a little bit about that. I know next week we've got your cohort going to come in and talk more specifics, but for some hope for people to uh, address making it more uniformed, I would say, would that mm-hmm. be the case? Absolutely. It's, it's raising the bar in a sense of ensuring that we are providing a quality place of living for those returning citizens. We believe that everyone that's coming into the community should be treated with dignity and respect, and the environment that they're coming into should reflect that. And so the main goal is really trying to ensure that there is consistency across the state. Yeah, I was very surprised to see that you're going to visit every halfway house in the state of I don't know which sounded like a momentum, a momentous task to do, but I, I think that's uh, if there's a complaint that comes across my office, it's just the people sitting out in the desert. Now we have to make a choice. They don't know what their choices are specifically, even though we try to inform them. And too often it's just a case manager says here, go here. And um, that's if, for that to change. And for the people who are listening to me, for you to be an advocate in terms of wanting that to change is, uh, the way the system will change, don't you think? Absolutely. And and to go back to being an advocate, you know, this really came from IDOC. You know, um, as you know, Tim Lay yeah, has, been lead, <laughs> has been leading that charge. And we came in and said, hey, we will support that. We want to be a part of this. We believe that this is important. Um, and so we are also being that advocate 
for the transitional housing providers as well as the returning citizens who are seeking to have a quality living No, because one of the hats I wear is too is a transitional housing kind of partner too. And it's frustrating because nobody else does what you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard to do and keep people in compliance. And I know our friend Tim Lay would come back from trips and go, you can't believe what I saw here. <laughs> I said, yeah, I can. I really can. So yeah, that's interesting. It's going to be a great year. Absolutely. And that also, I think when we talk about Tim and you guys and the community, that kind of, let's talk a little bit about the need for all of us to work together and how you see Geo's role in that as the new player or the new guy on the block. Yeah, I, I've learned that you can't make the same impact all by yourself. And so it's essential for us to be uh, to take a collaborative approach on how we're trying to impact the state of Idaho and change lives. Um, I believe just like on any team, everyone has a role. And if you show up 100% every time, um, you're going to make that impact. And the great thing about being in Idaho is that everyone that I've talked to, including yourself and anyone that I've been privileged to meet thus far, is on the same page. Uh, the mission is to provide the resources, provide the support and change lives. Um, we're making lives better. We're giving people the opportunity. We're making the state better. Um, we're bringing in resources um, and creating opportunities. And because that is the leading mission, um, we're just here to really aid and support and continue yeah. to be a vessel um, for for everyone that we work with. Yeah, I, and again, I can't say that's why... Um that's why I get up every morning and I'm excited to go to work is the fact that uh, there are people who follow me out of incarceration who need to have better environments. And so everything that we can do to make that uh, come to fruition is something that, that's exciting for me to do. I think the most important thing, and we'll close with this, is that as as you go through this system, um, uh, you won't have the same passion that I have, but as you go through this system and as you get back in the community and as you succeed and you get back into life and settle back down, then uh, I want you back in the system because I need you to come back and help me because it's at the very strength that we've got flaws in the Department of Corrections that need to be uh, changed. And she's not in this position really to, to do that from her position in running this huge agency. It's going to take people like myself and people who've gone through the system to come in and start sitting down with legislators and saying, hey, you know what happens here and what happens here? And it doesn't happen in California and it doesn't happen in Texas and it doesn't happen here to take a look at that system. So I think, don't you almost see you're, in part, you're trying to make better citizens so that they can come back in and kind of be productive citizens. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Because without, we're able to tell the story, yeah, you know, that's and that's right. what it's all about. Yeah, there's, she hits that story thing. There's, there's power in your story, guys. If you catch anything from the ongoing thing of, of what we talk about here every week is that do not be afraid to step up and to tell your story. Everybody needs to hear it, the good and the bad, uh, so that things can change. And so uh, we encourage people to really get involved with that and to do that all the time. We're, gosh, we ran out of time, but, you know, I think we can do this again at some point in time. And um, I, I love what we've started. And um, 
welcome to Idaho. And Thank uh, you so much. are you going to get some time off to kind of really go take a look around? Or you know what, I, I get an opportunity to take a look every time I travel to each district. You're always going from place to place to place. <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful state, and I really do look forward to exploring more of it. And and it's been a great experience. Let me tell you, far. it'll grow on you. Become an Idahoan. It's mm-hmm. the, all those of us who come, transfer in, we eventually become an Idahoan. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. No problem. Through Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me kept me locked in captivity. Have been broken by grace so free. When He poured out His cleansing blood, motivated by His great love, give me faith I need to rise above. Sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Bringing peace to the fight within Give me strength, I need to start again I've got victory over sin Okay, so there's GeoGroup, guys. Uh, if you uh, need to understand more about this, uh, you can get in touch with me and I'll connect you up with uh, the people next week. We're actually going to talk a little bit about transitional housing. So I'm excited about that. Uh, all these forces coming in to um, help us make this change is all possible. So I want to thank uh, Yvette for coming in today. If you need to reach me, I'm pretty easy to reach. It's www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can actually send me an email, Systemic Change. It's Idaho, all spelled out, at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram at Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. I look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.